I'd like to welcome everybody aboard. Thanks for joining me on Talking Bass in PDX, the warm water forum as we talk fishing in the Northwest. Hi, I'm Don Clark, and I'll be your host. Well, here we are, finishing up season one and ready to start season number two. I'd like to thank everybody, our listeners and our guests, for joining me this past year on Talking Bass in PDX. I would like to hear some show ideas, and if you'd like to email those to me, gonefishingpdx at gmail.com. Well, as we get ready to kick off 2021, let's go fishing. That's right, January 1st, let's go fishing. If you live in the PDX area, we're going to be heading out to Hag Lake. Hag Lake has been open now for about four or five years, year-round. And several of us have gone out every year, January 1st, to try to catch that first bass of the year. I hope to see you out there. And if the weather is good, we'll have plenty of boats on the water. Well, this is a special podcast, and we will be featuring the December program for the Oregon Bass and Panfish Club. Due to the governor's orders back in March, the Oregon Bass and Panfish general meetings have been put on hold. And during our monthly meetings, we generally had a guest speaker. Well, we've continued to carry that on through these podcasts. I've tried to continue to put podcasts together every two weeks in order to have other guests on. But in this particular one, I have three guests coming up. And they are a first responder, Ryan Brunette, Ed Shin, the owner of All About Adventure Excursions, and Jake Thompson of Jake's Baits. So as we get ready to listen to their rewind of 2020, I just want to remind everybody, bass are among the most sought-after freshwater game fish around. Everybody from professional anglers to weekend fishermen spend countless hours trying to discover the magic of catching bass. Well, my hope is that as you listen to these podcasts, that you'll pick up a trick or two That'll help you catch more bass and bigger bass. But I would like to remind everybody as anglers, you must be a good steward to all the fisheries. As Lee Wolf said, and he was an angler and filmmaker back in the 1930s, game fish are just too valuable to be caught once. So practice catch and release. All right, let's get to our first guest. Well, on the phone with me is uh, Ryan Brunette, and many of you may remember Ryan from our podcast back in July, and we talked for an extended period of time about uh, using uh, fishing for relaxation. And so for this Christmas um, review and kind of the kickoff, the new year, I'm bringing back some of the folks that I really, really enjoyed chatting with. So Ryan, welcome back onto the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Don. Well, great. I uh, appreciate you you coming on. And, uh, you know, as we were talking about a little earlier, I just wanted to kind of hear some of the, the highlights of some of the great stories that, of fishing that you had this year because you had 
uh, you and I text throughout the year, and you had a couple of really, really good trips. So kind of give me a, an overview of 2020. Well, I mean, as you know, and some of the listeners may know, I live in Newburgh, so I have quick access to Rogers Landing, which has just been a godsend for me. And um, this year I spent a lot of time, I upgraded my boat with a front bow mount trolling motor, and I'll tell you, it was a game changer. And we spent a lot of time fishing between uh, about the mouth of the Malala up to the mouth of the Yamhill, kind of up in that area. And, man, i got to tell you, had some great days. I mean, we're talking 50, 60 fish plus days, big fish days. Once I really started to, and I and I learned, a, I spent some time this year to learn how to get some different equipment and to learn how to go out of my comfort zone and fish uh, tube fishing, net fishing, some finesse fishing that I, I I knew about but I wasn't really good at. It was amazing. Did some John Day trips this year that were just absolutely amazing and. Uh, gosh, man, I, I got to tell you, it was the best bass summer I've, I've ever had. Despite COVID and the late, the late opening of the boat launch, uh, I couldn't have asked for a better year of bass fishing on the Willamette River. Well, that's outstanding. And I know that a lot of folks, you know, got late starts and, and, uh, we still kind of, we still kind of brought it together. Now, tell me a little bit more about your John Day trips. Were you fishing the upper John Day on float trips or were you on the lower John Day? Nope, we just put in the lower John Day, and we went up to about the campground. I think it's about, what, three and a half, four miles up. And um, we'd usually hit, if you're looking at the map, we'd hit that uh, the right side of the bank, if you will, or the uh, the west side bank. And what we did was we would put in, kind of hug the bank, and we, uh, my neighbor and I, both really spent some time and bought Ned Rods, and medium light, even ultralight bass rods, and did Ned fishing and tube fishing this year. And we pulled some absolute amazing fish of the John Day. In fact, I will say that we almost had bites every cast. It's just a matter of could we capitalize or not. And we did a lot of tube dragging, a lot of Ned dragging, and had a, a, a great summer. And my neighbor, I think he pulled his personal best largie. He had one well over five pounds. Um, most of the fish we were catching were in the two to three pound range, and we got a lot of a lot of small ones too. But um, it's just wonderful fish, and I'll tell you, it's effortless fishing. There's little to no current. We went in August a couple times, little to no current, and you just kind of float along, and uh, just unbelievable, unbelievable fishing up there. Uh, definitely going back for a few more trips, and it was quick. You know, three hour drive from Newburgh. We'd put in right at 6 in the morning, and we'd finish up by about 2 in the afternoon. After we'd catch about 100 fish, we'd be kind of like, okay, we're kind of over it. We got our 100, and we're going to head home. So, yeah, Going going up to the uh, lower John Day, well, the, the John Day River in in, uh, in general is a great place to go. But now, you were talking about Ned Rigs uh, there, and tell me some of the colors that you found that were really successful. You know, my neighbor is big into Z-Man products, and he likes the Canada Craw. Uh, that was kind of the one color that he had, the green pumpkin, the TRD. I went with a company called Venom Lure Company. Um, I discovered them online. I, I almost buy exclusively Venom Lures. They seem to work. Um, I use the green pumpkin copper color, and I buy it in both the tube, and I buy both their uh, – I buy their actual – their. Five, their five-inch salty sling worm, and I cut it in half and use it for my Ned rig. And I also bought their um, – I've, I've bought several small plastics in that color, even their craws, and I've had really good luck in it. And it seems to work in, in 
all conditions. In fact, I was just catching them up until about two, three weeks ago and the water dropped below 50 on that same color. One of the things with Ned Rigs is I found is that, and we talked about this earlier this summer, rods can make all the difference. And I, I did some experimenting with rods and I, I actually ended up buying a, a couple of Ned specific rods and it's really helped my game change the way with the sensitivity and having a, you know, a medium light to an ultralight with a fast action taper tip on a Ned rig. And it, and uh, it's just, it's just been a game changer. I'll tell you, that's when we started turning it up to 50, 60 fish days. Uh, we just couldn't keep them off. Even on the Willamette, it's just been amazing. Uh, Ned rig and tubes is my, is my go-to now. Well, I am so happy to hear that, well, first that you're starting to kind of hone in on the type of lure that you like, but that you've, expanded out and got into some other water because the northwest just has some ex just some great fishing in it um i know earlier you and i were talking off air a little bit about silver lake up in washington i i hope to uh, see you up there uh sometime this year now because you do live right near the what we consider to be the mid willamette uh, i call it the upper willamette because it's above the falls uh, were you able to discover some spots that, and I'm not not looking for the exact spots, but some spots that you really could go to every time you fished and pick up uh, fish, or were they scattered throughout the river? Yeah, and I'm happy to share my spots. There's enough fish in that river for everybody. So one of the things that we found this year that really worked for us is that I, I typically, because I live in Newburgh, I put in at Rogers, and then we started – but I'm running my boat all the way down to the mouth of the Malala. So I can have a five-minute drive to the boat launch and a 20-minute ride in my boat. My boat does about 42 miles an hour, so it scoots along. But I'm, it's, it's expensive, boat gas, where I, th I think, well, I can drive 20 minutes and have a five-minute boat ride, a little cheaper that way. So we started fishing the mouth of the Malala. Across from the mouth of the Malala, there's a big shelf right there. There's a cliff. Um, right across from the river or right across from the mouth of Pudding Malala there, and it goes down to the first boathouse. Pretty much every time we went up down in that area with Ned rigs and tubes, we would nail fish. And it wouldn't, I mean, there wasn't days when we didn't catch them. Uh, also, I found for these guys that are listening, um, the transition in the fall, about September when the water started to cool down a little bit, um, I really started nailing most of my fish between 23 and about 27 feet of water. So uh, if those guys that fish Newburgh, right there below Rogers Landing where the 219, or not 219, excuse me, where the pipeline bridge is there, between there and the pipeline, there's kind of that, there's the channel, and then there's kind of that seam on either side where there's, it's about 23 to 25 feet, depending on the, the water depth if the water's low or high. And we could pretty much go through there and drag tubes and catch fish every time. In fact, I took one of my steelhead salmon guys out in his big 23-foot sled. He took me out in his boat, and I told him what to do. And between tubes or grubs or neds, as long as we dragged that seam line about 20 feet back in September and into October, we'd have 20, 30, 40 fish days all the time. And uh, I don't mind giving I don't mind those giving up those spots. The other spot. Uh, I actually learned it from a tournament guy, was Butteville. Uh, they call it the Butteville Humps. Most of the tournament guys probably know what that is. I learned it from a tournament guy. He says, go down to Butteville where the old Butteville ferry used to cross. You'll see the little park down there. And he goes, go fish those boat ramps or the boat uh, boathouses down there and, fi and fish even out in the flats. 
and you'll find them out in the flats in between the humps out there. And we just, every time we went out there, we nailed fish. Sometimes more than others, depending on water temperature, you know, the, the, the barometric pressure or whatever. But um, pretty much we could go out there and we'd almost have a contest and try to guess the number of total fish we could get in a matter of five hours. And we were usually pretty close. I have a quick little story about that, uh, that area right there in Butteville, uh, because I know exactly where you're talking about. I pulled up yeah. on it one day, and uh, I was sitting out in, the, uh, in what I call the hole, uh, just, off, just off the shore there a bit. There's a, there's a bit of a hole there. Yep. And I suddenly got into a, a reasonably decent-sized bass. Probably, it was probably 17, 18 inches long, so it was a, it was a pretty decent fish. And I wrestled it along, and uh, as I brought it in my boat, I was still kind of wrestling this thing on the on the ground. And one of the homeowners had been talking to me earlier uh, within that 10 or 15 minute period. And suddenly, I'm kind of in the boat and kind of hunkered down. And the homeowner kind of hollered out to me. He goes, "Hey, hey, you okay out there?" And I had to stop what I was doing. Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, but I had I had caught a really decent, nice fish in there, and because I was kind of working with it, trying to get it off the hook and get it back in the water, the guy became concerned about me. So that's my that's my story on uh, on Butteville. Love to go there. It's a it's a great little place to go. And yeah, if you go by the ferry and fish the boathouses, you will yeah. uh, do I, well. I think I know the guy you're talking about because he comes out. Does he did he come out there with his dog? Because there's a guy that comes out there every morning with his dog, and he's always yep. checking on the bass. And yep, I know the guy you're talking about. We we had a conversation many, many, many mornings. So this summer, I was fishing about three or four days a week. Uh, I, I'm lucky and blessed with my schedule that I'm uh, able to get out there that much. The other spot that I and I know you know the spot, uh, the 219 Bridge, uh, just just downriver from the Rogers Landing boat ramp. Um, right there, underneath the bridge, there's a nice shelf that goes from about 12 feet to about 20 feet, and we caught a lot of fish right underneath the bridge. It's kind of snaggy. You're going to lose some tackle through there. Uh, but we caught a lot of fish, and then we fished that seam line from the 219 bridge all the way down past the one point where the big, huge oak tree sticks out of the water where the pipelines stick out. And I think most guys, you can look at the map and see that on, on your map. But I pulled my, uh, my 2020 personal best out of there. Uh, I pulled it on a three 3.75 Venom Lures uh, Green Pumpkin uh, Copper Salty Tube on a quarter-inch goofball jig head, and I was dragging tubes through there, and I caught a four-and-a-half-pound uh, smallmouth. I think he came in right at 22 inches. Uh, I, you've, you've probably seen the picture on my Facebook as we're friends, but that was my, that was my biggest 2020 a uh, smallmouth fish out of the Willamette, and I knew it the second he hit it. I hit it on an ultralight pole, and it was kind of towards the end of summer. It was back in September, and I thought, gosh darn, am I, did I, did I, did I just jig and catch a coho or a jack salmon? Because when it hit, I was like, holy crap, it started peeling line, and uh, I reeled and reeled and reeled that thing in, and I, my, my buddy goes, he, I said, get the net, dude. This one, I, you got to get the net. You got to be careful. And uh, he saw that thing come up, and I, I, my friend just about lost his lunch on it. He could, I don't think I've ever seen a smallmouth this big, dude. <laughs> and so it was uh, everybody on that river, about 300 yards up and down river, knew what kind of fish I caught because I was screaming out loud. And it just, uh, 
you know, you put all the hours and you put all the work in. And I, and I know a lot of tournament guys catch them like that all the time. But, you know, for us regular guys that are out there beating feet and learning as we go, to, to put in the work on, on tubes and nets, which I wasn't super familiar with, and to learn how to do it to catch a fish that size, uh, I felt pretty blessed. And I forwarded that picture to Venom Lure Company. They actually featured it on their Facebook site. So that felt pretty good. So, Well, it sounds to me like that, that you've had... You know, even with the shortened season, and, you know, we've had some uh, hiccups this year. sounds like you've had a great fishing season uh, this year, and and I know you're looking forward to 2021. We've been talking about that a little bit. And I would like to invite you along. And, in fact, you know, anybody who's listening to the uh, to the podcast as we, as we go out here in December, uh, anybody who would like to come out, Hag Lake, January 1st, 2021, we're going to be out there around nine ten o'clock in the morning. Bring your boat, come on out, and come fishing with us. We're going to we're going to get that first bass of the year. So, uh, come on out. Well, Ryan, I really do appreciate you coming on. And uh, gosh, the excitement in your voice tells me that you had just a great season. And uh, I'd like to wish you and your family a merry Christmas and a happy New Year. And uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yep, I look forward to it too, Don, and those guys are out there. You guys can look me up on Facebook, Ryan Burdett, or Instagram, uh, Burdett Racer. I'm living in Newburgh. I'm a regular guy. Love to go fishing. If you don't have a boat, I'll get you out on the water. If you're a first responder or a military vet, uh, as Don knows, I like to do get guys out on the water to do a lot of stress relief and a little PTSD relief. So if you guys just want somebody to go fishing with, Happy to get you out on my boat. Happy to get you into some water and would love to teach you some of my spots. Well, Ryan, thank you. Appreciate your, your time. You bet, Don. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, you and yours. Well, I'd like to welcome a uh, guest that I had on earlier this year to give us a bit uh, of a roundup. And from All About Excursions, I've got Ed Shin on the phone. Ed, welcome to the show. Hey, Don. Thanks for having me on. Well, I just enjoyed our trip so much this past year with you that I wanted to catch up with you and kind of do a bit of a year in review. I know that 2020 was uh, was a little different than other years, but uh, we still got out on the water. We still had some fun. And so tell me a little bit about how, after we got going, how your season went this year. Uh, this year was uh, definitely a challenging one, uh, to say the least. You uh, have all of our uh, restrictions and city closures and all the things that we normally would not have uh, in front of us. And, you know, we had to definitely adjust our schedules and our seating, our spacing, and properly sanitize and do everything that we needed to to maintain safety and be compliant with state and local regulations. But aside of that, uh, fishing was, it wasn't bad, you know. It was a it was a, it was a decent year. Uh, plenty of a uh, lot of firsts for a lot of folks. Even though there was a you know quarantine going on, I think people still wanted to get out and was able to to help a lot of folks get on a lot of fish. You know, we had a lot of first time salmon anglers out there that wanted to learn about the spring snook fishery, which was a a decent fishery this year. I think we had a, a fair number of catches this year. You know, one of the Best ones I can remember was a little eight-year-old being able to fight with his dad his first salmon, and that was a pretty exciting thing for everybody on the boat. You know, we had a couple, couple of the other family members on there, so it was a 
with this year was really nice to have just family trips. So we saw, I saw a lot of families getting together and actually doing things in the outdoors, which made it really pleasant for me because I didn't have to separate a lot of folks because these folks were all living in one household, which made it really nice. And got to see that young man's first salmon, took a lot of great pictures, and I'm sure we'll see him on the water again for future salmon and other fishing opportunities. This year's walleye and bass season, I think, was a, a fair year. Uh, I don't, you know, don't know what it was, you know, really a, a big weather thing, but we weren't seeing a lot of size as we normally have. So maybe a, a partly with the, I think the impact of having a no retention or no retention on size or limits may be impacting our fisheries now. So again, we need to start looking at doing a little bit of conservation out there, you know, taking, taking, taking what we need just to eat and, you know, those nice eaters out there, you know, whether it's a 12 to 14 inch bass, whether it's a 16 to 20 inch walleye, and then anything that's over, you know, 20, 24 inches, you know, send her back so she can make some more uh, little fry for us so we can have future generations of fishing. But, you know, one of my, one of my most memorable, I think, walleye experiences this year was had a group out on the, on the Willamette Channel, or excuse me, on the Willamette near the uh, Multnomah Channel, and uh, we were doing some walleye fishing out there. And uh, again, this is a, a father-son combo out there, and we were able to find a few walleyes. And announced uh, to me was uh, Dad's first time ever walleye. And well, you know, for a first-time walleye, I think uh, you know, I, we had uh, we had fought this. We had hooked onto a fish and we had fought it up and down a little bit and you know I started looking at it and started looking at the rod action and I called it out and said oh that's a sturgeon you know the way it's fighting and and so the dad was on the rod and reel he was fighting it back and forth and you know we were having to chase the fish a little bit and lo and behold we got the fish close to the boat and boy oh boy it was a surprise to both of us it was a nice uh, big old 10 pound mama sitting at the end of the line we scooped her up and at that point, both uh, Dad and I looked at each other, saying, "Wow, that's a pretty hefty-looking walleye there." He kind of, he kind of grinned and kind of sat back in his chair. And I told him just to, you know, cut that lure off and sit back in that chair and just retire because those are once-in-a-lifetime fish that uh, you will you will see at least a double-digit fish. And um, you know, there's many anglers, many walleye anglers there across the country that have yet to hit that. Uh, double-digit fish, and boy, we put her on the scale, and lo and behold, I was a little over 10 and a half pounds, and um, I told him to retire. You know, you retire at the top, you know, might as well just retire a king, and boy, oh boy, that was a, quite a quite a surprise for, for both of us, but that was a, a rare find that we had down here, and uh, that, uh, that was definitely one of the, one of the better uh, walleye days out on the water, but uh, number-wise, you know, again, you know, seeing seeing somewhat of an impact out there. I think, you know, we're, our numbers are declining still, you know, even though some folks will claim that there's not. But when you when you see both out there beating up the same stretches of water over and over again, I think, uh, you know, again, it's going to put a toll on things. And, you know, they're not, a, they're not a super fast reproductive fish. But then again, we can't take our, uh, you know, our big, our big breeders out of the water and expect for, you know, something to, to fill its spot because once you take those out, they're gone. So we've got to be mindful of, of conservation in there. You know, as for bass fishing this year, I think bass fishing was a, again, it was a fair year. wouldn't say we, we, we didn't see a lot of big four- and five-pound fish through the spawn, through the spring, and even later this fall, it was a, 
a few caught, but not as normal, not as many as uh, we did. Maybe they moved off, but uh, you know, a lot of the we, we did we did boat a few nice fish throughout the season, but there was there quite a few numbers still. So I was happy and pleased to see at least we've got some recruitment coming back with numbers of fish. But overall, I think the fishery was just fair this year. Again, you know, I think there's there's somewhat of an impact there that's uh, you know being felt there, you know, a couple of years down the road now that we're seeing it. And so again, we've got to be you know, good sportsmen out there and take care of our resources. You know, fall schnook and fall schnook this year, I think, was a, a decent year this year, at least for me. I've seen, you know, some good catches all along up and down the Columbia, you know, with, with, uh, with the closures and the restrictions that we had this year with, and not necessarily just for COVID, but we had a, there's a lot of protections being put on these fall fish, and, you know, we're seeing a good number of, uh, of, of fish being caught, and I think a lot of folks are, are keying in on, you know, the particular spots and the particular techniques. I think you know, a lot of folks are definitely in the in the trolling with the uh, 360 and spinners. I think a lot of folks are convinced that that's their go-to now and they won't be using very many uh, cut plug herring. But then the old school guys that, uh, you know, like, like myself and a few of us out there, we still always pull off the herring every once in a while. And lo and behold, you know, old tried and true still comes up and, puts one of the biggest fish in the boat. I remember this year down in Astoria, we had uh, we had very limited days down there, but uh, nearing the, the last day of the season, we had a I had a group out there and you know, very you know very fun group and we were having a good time in the boat and and we were in kind of a transitional time in between the tides and you know saying, well, you know, I, I suggested the group and I said, you know, we're we're running we were, we were needing a couple more fish for limits, and I know the guys were, were getting a little tired. It was a little windy that day, so we got tossed around a little bit. But lo and behold, I, you know, they were troopers. We stuck it out, and I said, "Hey guys, you know, let's uh, let's, let's reset. We're gonna we're gonna run up up river a little bit." And we were fishing, you know, near the Hammond area, right out front there. And, and I said, "Hey guys, let's go up uh, let's go up there to to the spot there where we normally uh, reset and and uh, you know let's make a big long troll all the way back to you know downstream headed headed down towards uh, you know buoy ten and stuff." And so we were out just putting around there and making our making our troll down, and we happened to happened to just you know go by an area and I saw there was a small group of fish, and lo and behold, up on the on the graph here's the fish and. No more than a few seconds later, the back rod goes off, and it happened to be the, the younger brother of one of the, the clients there. And again, that's another first fish for him, and he'd never caught a big old fish before. And boy, talk talk about a rodeo that happened on that day. We had that fish take us upstream for a few, and then back downstream for a few. And you know, we're trying to coach him through this whole thing, and brothers out there barking orders, keep that rod tip up, keep that rod tip up. You know, we're I'm trying to drive the boat, so we got a little rodeo going on on the boat, and. So that 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 fish is taking us upstream, downstream a couple times, and we're trying to you know, get away from a boat. And lo and behold, off our off our bow, there's a couple seals that want to come play with us. And oh boy, so now we got now we got some pre- added pressure on. We got to get the boat to the fish. We got to get the fish to the boat. We got to get the keep it away from the seals, and we got to maintain our our course so we don't run in run aground or run into another boat. So we got a lot of little elements going on, bouncing up and down, and. Thankfully, we we wrestled that fish for about another couple more minutes, and boy, it surfaced one time, and we tried to get the net on it, didn't want to get the net on it, and lo and behold, it uh, gave one more good run, and got her in the net. So that was a nice uh, 29-pound fish to 
to end the week of fishing, which was a, a great catch. And, you know, we, we fed some families with that fish and had a, a great first there. And now we're into our, our crab season this year, and hopefully we'll, we'll get some continued days of good weather and some opportunities to get out there catching. But recap-wise, just you know, looking at the, the year in, in fishing, you know, it was, uh, I think, a decent day, a decent year in spring fish. It was a fair year in walleye and bass, and fall schnook seems to be, you know, was, was an okay year. And the only thing we really didn't have a lot of uh, time on the water in this year was uh, sturgeon, but the days of sturgeon we did uh, we did get out. We were able to manage a few days of the retention day, and we got a few fish in the boat this year. But uh, overall, with uh, all of the issues with our health and COVID and lockdowns and everything, I think we were still able to manage to enjoy the outdoors and still be able to get folks out there on the water fishing. Well, yeah, that sounds like a great year. Although, you know, like you said, fishing was, uh, you know, spotty at times. It sounds like you had a, a a fun time out there. Now, looking ahead to 2021, uh, we're we're heading into uh, as we put this podcast out, it'll be December. What what are you looking at for January, February, and March? What trips are lined up? Uh, looking forward, we got uh, kind of the turn of the calendar. We have a few days here for sturgeon retention uh, above the Bonneville pool, so we're, we're booking some seats there. We've got crabbing that's available now through the, well, I would say probably the middle of April. And uh, we'll, we'll start seeing some some days and uh, some clear days out there, and we may have to, those are kind of those ad hoc days where we may have to just do a spur-of-the-moment day, get up there, and we may chase, uh, try to get a, a nice, uh, you know, picture of a, a giant walleye because the, uh, the, the walleyes will definitely start, you know, start coming out here, and this is the springtime is usually the, early spring is usually the time where if somebody wants a, a trophy walleye to take a picture of, that's the time where we're starting to, and see quite a few of those start showing up. But uh, the uh, the action's definitely not hot and heavy. Patience is definitely a uh, virtue, and you got to have it out there. And so there's a lot of moving around for them. And, but those are a few opportunities we have coming up at the turn of the calendars uh, available for us. And, Ed, tell folks how to get a hold of you. Well, you can find me on the web. You can check out my website at www.aaaexcursions.com, or you can... Give me a holler or a text at 503-781-6473, and we can get you down of a booking of one of those exciting trips up there on the water. Well, Ed, I, I really appreciate your, your time this morning on this podcast. As folks will find out, it's a three-part podcast. I've got several folks uh, on. And just from a personal experience, I uh, went with Ed uh, last year, early in the year, and I want to tell everyone that it is uh, first class. The equipment, the boat, um, even the comedy is all first class. So if you really want to go out and have some fun, contact Ed Chin and, uh, and head out on the water. Ed, thanks for your time. Thanks, Don. Have a good day. And so as we continue through our roundup here in uh, 2020, I have Jake Thompson on the phone from Jake's Custom Baits out of Salem, Oregon. Welcome to the podcast, Jake. Thank you. Now, Jake, you were on the program back in May, and you were just getting started. This was kind of a, I found you on Facebook, and you were just going to get going on some uh, some pouring, but now 
I understand that you have moved your business along and gotten a Facebook page and along with Instagram. So any of you the folks out there that uh, are good at social media, certainly they can uh, get a hold of you that way. How else can people contact you? Um, I have set up through my Facebook page. I have my phone number on there, my email, and um, I post on a lot of Facebook fishing groups. But uh, if you go to my Facebook, you can pretty much get a hold of me on everything possible that I have. Perfect. And if you uh, are unable to uh, contact Jake, uh, shoot me an email at gonefishingpdx at gmail.com, and I'll make sure that uh, Jake gets your information and is able to contact you. Now, Jake, when you were just setting up the business, you had just gotten some molds. So tell me, where have you gotten from May? And here we are in December. Yeah, so when I, uh, when I first started in May, uh, we had our first – you uh, invited me on the podcast for the first time. And then at that point, I believe I was putting in orders, but I don't think I had anything at my shop yet. And now, fast forward to now, I have um, – quite a bit of molds they finally came in like three days after the podcast and I was super stoked and then I was just waiting on my plastic and my injectors and I finally got them and um, to be honest I spent like three days in here with trying to convince my mom to let me stay up and keep going and it's just it's a lot of fun it's very very addicting you know I can understand when when you're uh, becoming a an artist uh, you know, sometimes you just get addicted to this type of stuff. Now, for all of the local folks that are bass fishing, especially here on the uh, Willamette River, Columbia River, and any of our lakes that are around, Jake's uh, lures are very, very suited for this area. Jake, tell me about some of the colors that you're able to make now. Now I am pretty confident to be able to say that I have just about any color available on the market. Um, when I started first in May, I had six colors, I believe, and to me, I had that was a lot for me. But uh, looking back now, I just made a deal with a company that went out of business, and I got a really good deal, and I can confidently say I have just about every color you could imagine. So if someone contacts you, you can give them uh, any special colors that they would like, right? Yeah, for the most part. I've only had one color that threw me off a little bit, and it was called uh, Sweet Potato Pie, I believe, and that requires a triple injector, and I don't have one of those yet, but I never even heard of that color, and I looked it up, and I tried, and I told them I wasn't super, super sure if I could do it, but I gave it a shot, and it just it wasn't doable with my injectors, but I'm looking forward to uh, moving on and getting a triple injector and learning how to do that. Ah, I see. Now, tell me about some of the sizes. I've been I was looking at some of your finesse worms, and uh, tell me about some of the sizes that you're making. Okay, um, I had originally I had the um, pretty much the whole Do It collection, the Do It molds, and I sold my Do It mold. Um, my finesse worms, I sold it to a guy on Facebook, and then I moved to a CNC mold instead of a cast mold, and it comes out way, way cleaner. And I have four-and-a-half-inch finesse worms now, and then for Sankos, all I have right now is uh, six-inch. 
but uh, a lot of people are happy with them and they really like it and the uh, quality of them and just the uh, action they have in the water, people say is really good. And before we got on the uh, recording, we were talking about your crawtails that you've got. Tell me a little bit about those. Okay, they are creature craw chunks. Um, you can look those up on the Internet if you haven't seen them before. Uh, I've never seen them before until I bought the mold. But the best way I can explain it is they're really good jig trailers, and it's just a square chunk, and they have two, uh, two craw pinchers off the back, and I just throw them on the back of my jigs, and they have some really, really good action in the water. And I finally, uh, finally got the time to go try my own stuff out in the Willamette, and I put one of those uh, creature, cr- creature chunk craws on and actually did really good, and I got a few bass on that. Well, that that's excellent. So if folks put in an order, now we're getting real close to Christmas here, so I wouldn't expect things to come out for Christmas, but uh, we do have an event coming up on January 1st, and everybody's invited. It wants to come out to Hag Lake. Uh, we're going to be fishing for the first bass of the year, so bring your best uh, gear and come on out and, and uh, join us. Um, if they order stuff now, would they get it by January 1, you think? Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm working my best to get uh, turnaround time quick, and uh, right now I actually have a Christmas deal going on where I usually charge $7 for all the bags of my baits, and I'm doing a $5 Christmas deal right now. But I could for sure have them all out by January. I just got to stay with it and keep them going fast, and I'm, I'm certain I can have them done by then. Well, that's great. And uh, if, so folks order a bag right now, uh, they, would, uh, they would pay $5 a bag, right? Yep, all the way until Christmas. Perfect. Okay. Um, what's your favorite colors, by the way? I know you've got a lot of different colors here advertised on Facebook. My go-to is definitely green pumpkin, and then uh, I came up with my own color that I haven't seen before, and I call it firecracker, and that's a little bit of June bug, and then I have a great purple, and I mix them together and add silver and blue flake, and it comes out with a really, really nice dark color, and that's probably my second favorite. Well, that is uh, great. I can't wait to put my order in so that I can get my hands on a few of them so that uh, as we uh, get ready for spring fishing, I will have uh, some of those baits available to me. And uh, hopefully I can uh, catch up with you before January 1st, and I'll bring a few out to uh, uh, Hag Lake with us for, uh, for that event. Cool. So once again... You're on Facebook, and people can message you, or you get your phone number up there, they can call you, correct? Correct. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you for stopping by and giving me a rewind of 2020. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I really appreciate what you're doing for me, and hopefully uh, you have a good 2021 fishing season. Well, I would like to thank all of my guests, and just a reminder, the first one was uh, Ryan Brunette, and Ryan talked about taking coworkers along fishing and how he sharpened up his skills. And next up was Ed Chin. I'd like to thank Ed for coming on. If you're looking for an adventure on the water, contact Ed Chin of All About Adventure Excursions, and I'll have their contact information in the show notes.
And to round out the podcast, I had Jake Thompson of Jake's Baits. And Jake is uh, starting up his business and continuing to, uh, to make custom baits for the Northwest. Well, I would like to, uh, to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. I hope that everyone is enjoying the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, you can listen to the other episodes that are on. Or tell your friends. Let your friends know that uh, that you have found a spot where you can talk bass fishing in the Northwest. For show ideas and feedback, email me at gonefishingpdx at gmail.com. Well, I would like to wish everyone a very, very happy holiday, a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year's. And thanks, everybody. Until next time, this has been Don Clark, Talking Bass in PDX, and I'll see you on the Backcast.